All right, guys, welcome back to the Sean Podcast. I'm your host, Phil DeRue. Today we have my guy, Matt Vincent. Now, Matt is a Highland Games champion. He's also a very successful businessman, but now he's going into the sport of endurance. So we talk a little bit about that. We talk a little bit about business, about life in general. Very good conversation. Also going to go ahead and get a workout with him right now. But before we do that, I have to shout out the sponsors. Go ahead, check out Athletic CBD, athleticcbd.com. Use my discount code DERU if you have some bumps, bruises, any type of injuries that need some assistance. CBD will help you out. Go check it out right now. Also, vivobarefoot.com. Use my discount code DERUSTRONG20 if you want to rock the shoes that I rock in my videos. Yes, the minimalistic shoe that is going to help with functionality, strengthening up your feet, and again, it's pretty stylish too as well. Also, if you're looking to use or learn some of my protocols, the methods of training, some of my programs too as well, go to my website, DERUSTRONG.com. You'll find my mentorship and all of my online programs especially if you are on lockdown, quarantine, not able to get to the gym. We have a body weight only program for you as well. Body Armor, also my very own app. Go ahead, we can check that out. It's Fight Dominance. It's a coordination of uh, Train Heroic and myself going through fight camp or off camp scenarios to get you ready for fight camp. Check it out right now. Link is in the description. Now, let's get on to the podcast. So, we got Matt in the building, up, Matt man? Vincent. Happy to be here, dude. I appreciate you, so man. Stuck. I appreciate it. Well, you've been in Florida for how many days now? Three. Three days. Four, something like that. It was a hybrid meet and went there. Right? We've been kicking it with Steffi Cohen a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah. My, uh, my girlfriend, uh, Bonnie, uh, mm-hmm. competed. and so. Oh, nice. Yeah, so she did a push-pull, so it was her first meet that she's done in a while. Yeah, I think I saw it on your, po- on your yeah, Instagram, so right? Excited for her. She uh, tied her all-time best uh, awesome. deadlift and then had a great bench and was mm-hmm. kind of a going-away meet, I guess, basically, before she's going in for a double mastectomy and then breast augmentation. Wow, she's, uh, okay. She's got the... Um, the gene mutation for the BRCA1, so it's like mm. an 85% chance of breast cancer in her future. Wow. So, fuck that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Let's just, let's be proactive. Yeah, definitely, definitely. You know, instead of having that thing hanging over you of like waiting for it, and that anxiety gives her a ton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I so mean, like, yeah, let's just get rid of it. For sure. So, when's when she going in for that? In a month. In a like, month? Yeah. So, yeah. when we come back up in April, she'll be yeah, she's whole new <laughs> Awesome, man. Yeah. yeah, I mean, Florida's actually pretty good for that. No shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> she'll fit in, you know. Um, so, all right. So, what are you doing now? I know that you are getting ready for a long run. Let's yeah. talk about that a little yeah, bit. So I'm, so, I'm making the shift over to endurance. Uh-huh. And, and, I mean, making the shift is I'd like to get better at it. Yeah. I really enjoy cycling. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've never been a runner. Mm-hmm. And this seems like a thing that's challenging, that's going to take a full effort, but not undoable. Okay. Like, I know I can't do the 50. Yeah. I, I don't have... That's pretty long. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't have 14 hours of movement in me. Yeah, yeah. So, like, the seven hours to do the 18-mile trail run that I've signed up for in Bryce Canyon, mm-hmm. it's going to be seven hours. And, like, 
I, I don't know how my body reacts after that. Like yeah. I've done some long bike ride stuff, like five or so hours, and mm-hmm. and it's rough. Yeah. So. You stop over the road and pee and stuff. Yeah, like that. and then like, of course, right? And and I'm not I'm not trying to race. Mm-hmm. I just want to finish. Wanna and finish. so, the big impetus for this was like I've done strength. Yeah. And so I already know those metrics. Like as a human. I know my squat, I know my bench, I know my deadlift, I know my clean, I know my snatch, and I know how far I can throw things. Yeah, yeah, we know that. And so as an athlete, I I know all those metrics. Mm. And now that my skeleton is compromised due Mm -hmm. to surgery, I'm never gonna beat those numbers. Mm -hmm. And that's cool. Mm -hmm. The goal was to find those numbers out. Like I can have an emotion about them not being far enough or I could have done more, but at the end of the day, they're not. Mm -hmm. That is the numbers. And so, what are the numbers can I find out? Like, mm-hmm. I don't know how far I can run. Also, yeah. can I get better at running? Because yeah. I've always said, like, oh, I'm not a runner. I'm 240. I'm too big. I'm too yeah, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But can I get better at it? Mm-hmm. And even in a week, I'm better at it. Of course. Well, you're adapting. Of course, yeah. right? And so, I'm curious to see what else the machine will adapt to. Mm-hmm. Let's talk a little bit about that because this is on the polar opposite of what you've been doing for your entire life almost, yeah. right? You've been a strength athlete your entire life, right? Yeah, like, so yeah, football, football, football yep. background, mm-hmm. then track and field in college, and then after mm-hmm. that, strongman powerlifting, finally mm-hmm. Highland Games. Yeah, so Highland Games, you set some records, obviously. You've been a champion for that. Yeah, I won. Um, so I got into Highland Games like 2008, mm-hmm. and then by 2011, I'd uh, won three amateur world championships and got into my first professional game at a professional world championship and took second. Nice. And then from there, I won the world championship in 2012, mm-hmm. took second in 2013, and then won again in 14, and then mm-hmm. 15 and 16, took second. Yeah, so you were on top for... Yeah, for my, my whole stretch. Whole, yeah. And uh, it was That's great. Crazy. And then it, it's gone now. <laughs> Something new, it, challenging. That, that was wanna... a really tricky shift, right? Because, like, I think throughout life, people want to find shit they're good at and, yeah. and lean into the strengths. Well, I found, I found mine. Yeah, and, like, yeah, yeah. chances are, look, I'm not going to be a world champion at a second physical thing. <laughs> Most people don't get one. I'm not going to find two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very and, hard. It's very and, hard. And, yeah. And that's cool. Yeah. I found my thing. Mm-hmm. But the real bummer was, you know, I can't do it at all. Yeah. Like, I can't teach it. Oh, I can't. Man. I can't move enough to coach. Do you think it? Well, well, that's one thing. But do you think because you were such at a high level and you were so, I don't want to say naturally gifted, because you put some work. I'm in. definitely gifted at no, it for yeah. sure. Though there's some talent. Do you find it harder for yourself to coach it because of the fact that you are so gifted with it that it's very hard for you to be like, why can't you just do it? There to an extent. Yeah. I, I'm very good as far as like a Highland Games coach or a throws coach. Mm. I can help someone who's pretty good. Yeah. But it's really tough for me to start trying to explain day one mm-hmm. and trying to explain the the just simple body mechanics of like, yo, you turn the knee in, push the hip, the shoulder's the last thing to go. Mm-hmm. Or like how to create force or how to do any of those things. I've been doing it since middle school. Gotcha. And so I don't remember learning those steps anymore. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's second nature. Right. So it's, it's really true. <clears throat> that's not my skill set. Mm-hmm. And I think it's very important to know, like, I'm not a coach. Yeah, It's, it's never a thing I've claimed to be. I don't yeah. have a heart on for it. Mm. And I'm glad that there's awesome people that do. Yeah. I like doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. know? Um, yeah, that's that's where, like, people ask me all the time. They're like, man, don't you, like, miss competing? And I'm like, of course I miss competing. Like, I, was, I wasn't bad at it. You right, know what I'm saying? right. Like, like, I could still do it. There were some certain things there. I think for me, um, watching or allowing helping my guys get to a certain level gives me a certain level of achievement 
that I live almost vicariously through them. So their own power is personified through me, you know, and that's why I do the I do what I do now. Um, but man, I, I still want to compete. I still want to do something for me as mm-hmm. well. But that also helps with my coaching in a sense. You know what I mean? But for you, it, again, being at that such a high level, that's why I always always see that because you don't see like Michael Jordan coaching. going into coaching. Yeah. But then like Larry Bird does. Yeah. True. Right. Like yeah. I think people have it or they don't. They don't. Yeah. Right. And um, no, I've I've known more now that <clears throat> while I don't consider myself a coach in any way, I do really like sharing mindset stuff and those type of things and like different perspective shifts that can affect training. I would rather help motivate and inspire mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and try to give people genuine information of like, mm-hmm. yo, it's not magic. Mm-hmm. It's work. Yeah. And you just have to start. Mm-hmm. There's, you, you figure out the motivation and inspiration while you're doing it. Mm-hmm. That's how it works. You can't just sit around and wait for that lightning strike. That, mm-hmm. It ain't coming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so it's, it's, Keeping the competitive edge is, is good for me because it works with the brand. Like I can yeah. I can switch that over to doing that or teaching or seminars or anything. Mm-hmm. And and then the podcast for me has been awesome as far as a competitive outlet. Just just in the fact of we're gonna perform it this time. Yeah. Right? Like it doesn't have to always be perfect. I mean, how many days you go to record a thing and oh, man. Yeah. I'm tired, like I'm squeezing it in. Yeah, not for sure. 100%. But you know you can't phone it in. Yeah, like you still have to be engaged and drive that conversation. Oh yeah, you're in there. And being good at podcasting is tough. <laughs> it's easy to be like, "Well, you're just talking to your friends." Like, oh nah, man, man, it's work. Yeah, it's definitely work. You, you, know, you want to be good at it. Managing the conversation and trying yeah. to figure out the path it goes. And yeah, especially when you have people on who don't do a lot of podcasts. Oh man, let me tell you something. <laughs> I've had guys. <laughs> I love everybody that's on my show. Of course, show. of yeah. course, of course. <laughs> Let me just course. say that right now. But there is people that I ask a question and it's like one word answers and well, I'm like, oh, but Just because go. someone's great at their thing, why would I also expect that they'd be naturally good at this? True. Like Very I did true. 10 years as an outside sales rep talking mm-hmm. to people and taking people to lunches and doing all that. And then, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I've traveled and done YouTube videos for 10 years too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, talking I can do. Yeah, no, definitely. And I like it. So yeah. that's great. <laughs> now, we were talking off air. I was like, man, we should probably say this for the podcast. Sure. For sure. But I mean, like, so getting into now, because let's talk about your surgeries, man. You've had a lot, obviously. You've had a lot of things, and, you know, obviously been competing at the highest right, level. Right, right. There's a lot of injuries going on. You only get to burn that for so long. That's how it works. Yeah. Like, that's it, we, what we talked about the other day, right, is the idea of. I think MMA training, I think jiu-jitsu, I think Highland Games, I think CrossFit, I think weightlifting, powerlifting, anything. What is he doing, man? Get up. I'm the, sorry. What is going on right now? It's so Come much on. more sketchy I'm that so that just happened than, than if you had just doing. They can see you, probably. I know, but he told me it's an idea. I'm sorry. Uh, wow. <laughs> All righty. All these things can can be healthy. Yeah. Running, any anything. But if you're interested as an athlete to figure out max potential mm-hmm. or be the best in the world at it, yeah. this isn't health pursuit anymore. <laughs> no. This is, we're setting fire to it, and I don't know how long we get to do this before eventually Father Time wins. Yeah. And it's either, you know, people people get toward that and they'll get frustrated and be like, oh, you know, I just kept racking up these little injuries and I mm-hmm. couldn't keep competing like yeah that's that's father time yeah that's why that is how it goes for sure you just push that limit so hard mm-hmm. because if you want to be the best like 
keep pushing adaptation at that high level requires mm. more. Yeah. And so you're going to cross the line too many times and then it bites back. That's Yeah. And also, we're all maniac athletes that unless we're pushing what we think is the absolute. Mm-hmm. And if you're telling me to go to a 10, yeah. is 11 all right? Yeah, yeah, you're going, <laughs> right, you you're know. Push it another level, man. It's always going to happen. And I think I think with that it's cuz I've Obviously, I worked with a lot of elite level guys, and I've been around people like yourself at that highest level. And everybody says the same thing: like, I have to almost pull my guys back. You have to all the time. You know what I mean? Because they're trying to get that edge, they're trying to gain a little bit more and more each day, each week, each year, everything. So it makes a lot of sense. And a lot of people think that okay, when you do a sport, it's for your own health. But at the end of the day, nah. it's almost the opposite. Well, and, and you know it's temporary. Yeah. Like, as an athlete who's really trying to push that thing, like, no one's done it forever. Yeah. And so, injury's part of the game. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I just didn't expect mine to go this far. Mm-hmm. Because I, I never had a catastrophic failure. Mm-hmm. And so, I, I tore, I had an ACL that was gone um, in college, fixed it, and then retore it. And then, once I started trying to fix it in 2016, we did four ACLs that didn't take. Wow. They just were gone. Wow. So like I would do the full three month rehab for the ACL and then go in to get something else looked at or get an MRI or an X-ray and they're like, oh, the ACL's gone. I'm back in surgery 10 days later. What'd you get the first time? So I did um, just a cadaver. Yeah. And then tried the second time was a cadaver Achilles. Mm Mm-hmm. And then did two more cadaver attempts. Achilles, huh? Yeah, so I tried to oh. just use a bigger thing. I wasn't re-tearing them. Yeah. They just were they, No, they would just dissolve. Wow. My body would just eat them or not Fucking get blood flow to them or whatever it is, and they would just be gone. Yeah, that's crazy. And so... Why do you, why do you think that? They give you any... Ex- no clue. Wow, that's crazy. No, just, just my body's not into cadaver tissue, apparently. Yeah, yeah. No new friends. <laughs> yeah, right. We've been, we've been yeah, here without an ACL so long. We don't need your fucking help <laughs> yeah. now showing up the last minute <laughs> trying to take all this glory. Yeah, yeah, fuck you this know, The rest of my knee parts are like, fuck this yeah. dude. They got a tight, you got a tight circle in your knee right there. <laughs> right. Like, get the fuck out of here. Stabbing him. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, all right, and now you... Yeah, and then finally that. it was total knee replacement. Yeah. Was the because I, I got the same knee, it's the same knee, all the same knee. I've never had surgery anywhere else. Really? Yeah. Okay. Everything else was just runs like a top. That's crazy. And so, uh, well, the hips a little jack now. Why was from it the, the knee? Was that from the torque that you were creating with? I the, guess. Yeah. Yeah, because everything's one side turn and everything yeah. is that same same thing with throwing a punch, right? Yeah. Same mechanics that you're gonna squish that bug with the back foot mm-hmm. to push the hip through and then finally lead with the shoulder and hand. Same yeah. thing for shot put. And then I'm doing all of it on grass and cleats. Mm. So there's little extra. Oh, and it just wore it down. Sure, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. The surgeries that went bad for me, the ACL suck, but, and they just ended up chewing the knee up so much going in there that many times. You're just removing parts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, um, it's we, trauma, just in general, just getting surgery. Period. Sitting there, yeah. Right, and so that's eight surgeries that go through the same, like opening and scar. That's mm. everything. And so. We did a uh, oats procedure, uh, trying to get rid of some pain in my knee. And what what's, that, an, what's an oats procedure? So I don't remember what the acronym stands for, but mm-hmm. essentially, so they go in and cut, or drill out some holes in the bottom of the femur. Mm-hmm. So like three thirty millimeter holes is what I got done. Oh, wow. So about the size of a quarter. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, and then they replace those with cartilage. Okay. Cadaver cartilage. <laughs> okay. So. Two out of three didn't heal. Oh, sorry. One out of the three didn't heal well. 
So uh, the one on the middle of the knee was fine. The one on the outside of the knee did great. And the medial on the inside healed about like 80% through. And so on an MRI, you could see it that there's just a black spot in the bone where it just never grew back. And so what came from that was it flex when I walk. Mm. And so it never got the density. And Mm. so it essentially just stays fractured and moving for movement. And uh, that's where my really, really rough bit with pain came from was from that. Because it would get inflamed, like, I don't know, walk 200 yards. Yeah. And then I'm done for the day. Damn. And so, like, it got really tough, man, waking up knowing that I only got that many credits in the tank today. Yeah, yeah. And so, like, you start being careful how you spend them. Like, I can't go to the store. I can't go to the fucking store and walk around. What are you talking about? Yeah. I'll be done for two days. That's crazy. And that's a really weird mind shift for an athlete who, yeah. this thing does whatever we ask it to. Yeah. And now I can't go to the store. I can't mm-hmm. walk upstairs. I can't step with my right foot up. Yeah. It just was felt like I was trapped inside a thing that I don't know how to operate anymore. Mm-hmm. And um, so finally, after it got it got so bad pain wise that uh, when it got really inflamed, and which wouldn't take much, mm-hmm. that I would get like a nine out of ten stabbing pain, mm-hmm. like in that Oates procedure. Yeah when I'd exhale wow all day and so then I'm catching myself shallow breathing all all day all the way to the knee yeah that's a weird feeling of like why does that hurt there yeah when I'm breathing yeah that's crazy but everything's everything's connected especially lymphatic and blood pressure and Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and so finally got in to do the uh the total knee and like they didn't want to do it because I'm 36 yeah it's a doctor it's like, you know, we don't really do it. I think blah, blah, blah. I'm like, Here, here's where I'm at. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I'm in trouble, man. Yeah. Uh, either we got to do something mm-hmm. that's going to make this better, or I'm going to figure out how to get rid of the leg. It's crazy. Because this isn't sustainable. Yeah. If, if this goes on, I'm, it's, I'm not, I just can't. Yeah. And they did it, and it was, it's, it's, it fucking fully saved my life. Nice. Um, so that, that was good, getting out of pain. And man, I knew that I had gotten away from that pain mm. after surgery when they had me walk down the hall. Yeah. In the hospital. Instantly, I'm like, it's yeah. gone. Instantly. It's fucking gone. That, how, how, how that pain that? is gone. I fucking cried. Yeah, I'm sure. It's so overwhelming. I've had a couple weird moments like that where um, this summer we were on the road and uh, we're in Montana and I decided to go for a run that morning. Mm. I'd been running a little bit here and there, just moving. So it started off with, I'll just go for a 5K walk. Yeah. And then I ran some of it. Mm-hmm. And then, like, ran most of it and finished the 5K in, like, 45 minutes or something like mm-hmm. that. And got back and was sitting there and got super emotional. Yeah. Because, like, I wrote this off. This was an impossibility. Like, I'm not yeah. running ever again. And the fact that, like, now I'm stealing some little ability back <laughs> feels so rad. And I'm just yeah. so grateful to be able to run at all yeah. that... I want to see see what it can do. Yeah, I'm not trying to be a runner. No, I'm not no. trying to jack my knee up either. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll listen. Yeah. <laughs> You're getting back to your competitive athlete mindset. Yeah. Look, know? I'll never be competitive against other people again. Mm-hmm. You know, in in the skill, the same scheme I was. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But I can get better, mm-hmm. and that's the competitive side For that sure. I think that's the mental we all need, and that doesn't leave it based on someone else's thing for how I judge my success. Yeah, I think that's one of the things that uh, 
I always tell my kids now, like my son is six years old, so like I want him to get into sports for that particular reason, to like understand competition. Right. Because yeah, you're competing against others, but this is gonna carry over to your life. Everything. Yeah. Those those big picture things, right, that I think people don't understand of you know, for me, and I'm sure the same for you, that like being at a high level with athletics, like the big part that comes from that is I'm confident in my ability to perform when I say go. Mm-hmm. And that's a skill that goes to everything. Yeah. That gets rid of anxiety. It yeah. gets rid of any of those things because I feel confident and yeah. I'm educated in the thing. And because I've competed so many times, it mm-hmm. eliminates all those anxieties of the what ifs. Mm-hmm. Well, I know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. It's experience. Yeah. You know, that, I mean, you, you, you got to compete to be good at competing. Yeah, yeah. And being a good competitor do. is a skill. Yeah. Not it's just the thing you do, but being a good competitor. Yes. Like knowing how to keep it in check and knowing how to keep the butterflies and the energy the right way. That's so important, bro. And I don't mean to cut you off, but it just comes to mind like every guy that I've seen that was super good in the gym and then he get <clears> on the, in the cage and then they crumble, yeah. right? Or like, you know. That we always call that. So like in track, we have those guys, right? Throw yeah. far in practice, we get them to a track meet, they can't do it. Oh, yeah, yeah. And Gym heroes. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. It's, uh, you know, throw, you know, trains like Tarzan, throws like Jane. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was always it was always <laughs> what we called it. Yeah. And it's crazy, right, that people crumble under the lights. Yeah. I was always the athlete that performed way better when it was go time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, those are the guys that make it to the next level. And, 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 and that's, that's the part you can't. I can't add, I can't give it to you. No, that's true. You know, the only thing I can try to help with is compete and compete often, mm-hmm. and realize you're competing against you, yeah. and, and it's trying to figure that out. So, all right, here's a question for you with the fight training stuff. Mm-hmm. I always look at it um, watching different athletes, like watching a Nate Diaz or, mm-hmm. or even Poirier or any of these guys. Like, man, they're fighters. Yeah. And watch them get in there and go for it. Yeah. And then I see something like um, like watching. You know, Mayweather or uh, George St. Pierre, who, mm-hmm. who to me, I believe they're competitors. Mm-hmm. And I look at, it's a different thing. Like both those guys are playing to win. They're yeah. not playing to win a fight. Yeah, yeah. They're trying to get the hand raised at the end of the match. They're playing a game. Yes. They're playing a game. And take less damage. Oh, for sure. Yeah. There's no no ego there that says, I got to get beat the fuck up yes, to win this thing. Yes. It's funny because we talked about this on numerous podcasts. Um, my coach, Dean Thomas, would always have these categories of athletes, in, in particularly in fighting, right? You would have the competitor, the athlete, the fighter, and then you have the martial artist, mm. right? So then, like, all these guys, like, if you look at Anderson Silva, he's kind of more of a martial artist. Sure, sure. Right? GSP, athlete, kind of a hybrid athlete martial artist. Yeah, you artist. end up getting to a couple categories. Sure. And then you got, like, guys that are just competitors, man. They just want to get after it. And then you got the hard-nosed fighters, which are going to be somebody like a DP or like an Nate Diaz or something right. like that. And with that, you kind of set your game plan up, too, as well, because you're going to know exactly, okay, what they're going to try to do inside the fight and what's their attack going to be. How can you strategize based upon their personality type and how they are as an individual? So, yeah, I think that coaching those guys, too, as well, understanding how to coach them from that personality type does go hand in hand and that kind of drives the adaptations based upon you know how we want to coach them because if they're more analytical then we have to give them more of an understanding of why they're doing something if they're guys that wants to just get after it like if back in back when you were competing right did, hmm. were you more like how like were you asking your coach like why are we doing this we don't why have we any doing? coaches 
That's another weird thing. <laughs> so, so like, not only that, we there's no gyms that do Highland Games. There's no coaches. Yeah, that's there's weird. There's just man. the twenty of us. Really, like kind of coaching each other. But yeah, coaching each other. Like my whole YouTube channel started from me trying to film practice and send uh, it to the other dudes I compete with, uh, <laughs> so we could help each other. Okay. <laughs> like, so in all actuality, though, your competitors became oh, they're all homies. Them. Yeah, exactly. Because you know, it's not a head-to-head thing. Like mm-hmm. I don't, I don't win because I have to bury you. Yeah. Like fighting is such an interesting sport, or even tennis for that matter, right? Like you mm-hmm. are live reacting to something the other person does. Yeah. Whereas yeah. throwing. I'm going to go throw as far as I fucking can today, sure. given the circumstances, and mm. the cards are going to land wherever they do. I can't mm. make you throw poorly. That's so crazy. Well, it, it, because you guys are, are like, you, you're basically just doing that one thing very, very well. You know what I mean? And so it is good, though, I think that, you know, you got feedback from these guys because mm-hmm. it kind of tells you, okay, well, what am I doing wrong here? But you were analytical in the sense of, like, I know what I need to work on based upon that throw. Yeah, and that's why I filmed a lot of stuff. Exactly. So I could see, like, yo, that, that's not right. Yeah. And, and, you and do the sport's so technical. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That technical sport, you're going to need to be more analytical. So you're yep. going to need to meet a quote-unquote martial artist in that sport. Sure, sure. Right? So, like, do you have guys that are just brutes and just like, nah, fuck it, I'm just going to throw it? You, you do. Mm-hmm. You do. What will happen is your guys will come in from powerlifting or strongman mm-hmm. who have just an incredible depth on strength, yeah. but they can't move. Okay. And so, you know, give a really cool example of that was uh, at one of the worlds we were at, um, Hapthor Bjornsson's there mm-hmm. hanging out with us, and uh, he jumped in for an event. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the events we do is a Braemar stone, and mm-hmm. so it's a 28-pound stone mm-hmm. from a standing position, throw it as far as you can. Okay. It's about as untechnical of the nine events that we do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And... I mean, there's no question whether or not he's the biggest and strongest guy that's decided to get out there that day and give it a go, right? Yeah. He takes 10th. Wow. And of fucking course he does. This is a world championship. We know how to do this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not coming out here and brute strength in this event to exactly. death. Exactly. That's... You can brute strength weight over bar, mm-hmm. which is uh, the 56-pound you throw for height. Yeah. Hapthor's okay. got the world record in it. Apparently being 440 and 6'10", uh-huh. help. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> fucking closer to it. <laughs> right, right, right. And, and you're the strongest dude on the planet. Yeah. Because it's true. just a yank and a, and a go. Gotcha. Um, and even then, he's breaking world records, mm-hmm. but the technique he's using yeah. is awful. Mm-hmm. And it's because he doesn't have to. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have to learn to do it correctly. He's just got a different, a different rev limiter on what yeah. that thing will do. Yeah. Uh, whereas the rest of us <laughs> at my size have to learn all the tricks. Like, I can't give up any extra space, man. Yeah. That's where, like, you know, you get guys that are super talented, man. And they're like, okay, I'm just going to show up, you know. You get that in every sport, though. Sure. Every sport has that guy or girl. But, and it works you know? a bit. Mm-hmm. And people have different levels of it, right? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. But like you said, like, of, of those four, four prongs, right, uh, of athlete and competitor and fighter, and then uh, martial artist, every once in a while someone shows up with all four. Mm-hmm. And you're like, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just need to keep it on the rails. Yeah, the world That's, you know what I mean? Like, and you, you know that there's a difference. Yeah. Because you get talented people in that don't mm-hmm. have the work ethic mm-hmm. and just can't. Yeah. And then you have people that got work ethic, but you ain't got a lick of athlete in you. <laughs> now, what do you think, though, right from there? Because I, I, I kind of know what I would think, but. Would the guy that can outwork the athlete that's naturally gifted have a better opportunity to get an edge on that person, or is this no chance? Oh, I, I think it depends, mm-hmm. right? It depends on if we're talking like an apples to apples, right? Mm-hmm. But 
I mean, LeBron James wouldn't need to practice a lot of basketball to always be better than me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? There's yeah. no coaching I can go hire for a sure, work yeah. ethic that yeah, helps we're me. Yeah, we're talking same, you know, play same. At that level. Yeah, but yeah. if we're at the same level, the mm. work will win. Yeah. I believe the work will give you the edge. Mm. But if that other person who's got it naturally no. ever decides to turn it on, you're that's out. A, yeah, that's why LeBron Yeah, is. they'll kill you. What he's doing now is yeah, what he's doing. They can, they just, it's just Cold body game. awareness. It's able to move. It's yeah. it's why someone like Steffi can mm. make a, a move and it clicks quick. Sure. Because yeah. she's a freak. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not saying that you don't have to put in time, but she's yeah. put in time as an athlete. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, well, that's that was one of the reasons why I was like, the transition can be there because of the fact that you built a base so solid that it was at mm-hmm. the national, like the best level possible in that collective sport, you know? So well, and at a, at a few, she she yeah. did well as a weightlifter. She did well True. as a soccer athlete in yeah. Venezuela, and yeah. then moved into powerlifting. Yeah. yeah, and so yeah, of course she'll be fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and in, when it comes down to understanding your body, you know, you know, I think for that it's like, all right, well, if I'm going to go ahead and be able to produce this power, produce this force in this particular range, how do you train for that? I know. I mean, obviously you have, you know, your compound lifts and everything else. But how would you train in the weight room for that type of like sport? for Highland Games? Yeah. Um, so it's all so submaximal, mm-hmm. right? That nothing we throw is heavy. Yeah. In the grand scheme of things, gotcha. we throw a fifty-six pound weight. Like even mm-hmm. the caber is only probably 130, 150 pounds. Mm-hmm. And as far as we all do shit in the gym, like I deadlift mm-hmm. seven hundred pounds. Yeah. I'm not real worried about a fifty-six pound thing. Mm-hmm. So the trick to doing it well is I need to apply the 700 pounds of strength that I have in the deadlift to a thing that only weighs 56 pounds. And the only ways to do that are technique and speed. And so I need flexibility to, you know, even if I was throwing a punch here, Mm -hmm. like a shot put, you see people do that Mm -hmm. instead of being able to push from all the way back here Mm -hmm. and then turn the hips. And now Mm -hmm. I can push from further back. So the longer you get time to apply that force, the better. Mm -hmm. And so then with that too, like I'm trying to build speed at my feet Mm -hmm. and then stay wrapped so that whatever I'm pushing into the ground to build force is translating already to the ball. Mm -hmm. And then I can always push this out at the end. Yeah. So your focus primarily, especially in the weight room, is going to be more sub-maximum, more speed, strength, power work. Yeah. So if I'm not competing in powerlifting at the time and I'm not judged on my total, Mm -hmm. It's all GPP. Yes. The whole gym's GPP. Mm-hmm. Why would I give a shit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't want to be the strongest dude out there taking fifth. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to win. <laughs> yeah. And so more beneficial to me as an athlete is what's the heaviest weight I can I can squat today at two meters a second on mm-hmm. the Tendo unit yeah. versus figuring out my max. Like I don't mm-hmm. need a lift that's going to take me two seconds to grind out. It doesn't mm-hmm. translate mm-hmm. at all. Yeah. But well, you built the base of strength at that point too, as well. Yeah. So that was one of the things. Also, was like if you're if you're young, and you're trying to build that base, then yes, you have to build strength in order for you to get faster and to get more powerful and and so on and so forth. But when you're at the elite level, like yourself, then it is more specific to the speed of the sport. Yeah, yeah. You you, you have to have the power transfer. Mm-hmm. And. I always tell people too that like anyone even coming up and they're like, oh, you know, I'm not sure what to do training wise. Like if you're ever in doubt, go throw stuff. Yeah, for sure. Get out of the fucking gym. Yeah. yeah, if you if you don't have the technique to apply the force you're building, stop building force for a while mm-hmm. and fix the technique so yeah. that whatever conversion of percentage is happening, mm-hmm. so that you getting stronger affects the throw. Yeah. If not, you're 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 stepping over dollars to pick up pennies. Sure. 
and like uh, the little bit that I got to play around with some jujitsu, uh, I, I loved it. I loved the the puzzle of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then what I really loved about it was I know how much stronger I am than everyone in the room. <laughs> but I'm going to keep that under wraps. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah, I need yeah, to learn yeah. technique. Because yeah. if I just go in there and be a gorilla, I'm not learning anything. True. And also. Gives a shit that I'm tapping out some other idiot white belt. Yeah, yeah. It's just a guy trying to get better. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean. I'm not yeah. trying to win that fight. I've had real <laughs> competitions. I don't fucking care how this goes. Tap me a hundred times today, man. I'm trying to learn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, <laughs> instead, like, what am I gonna prove? And uh, but then I knew that, like, man, if I could get proficient, yeah, then I have that ticket to play that they don't. Oh, for which sure. is the strength that yeah, if I want to lock you down, you're in trouble. Well, especially like if you're going to go against a black belt that is strong, you know, and, and there's some guys that I've rolled with that are strong as shit. And it's different types of strength. Oh, especially yeah. Especially in the gi, it's different. You know, um, I've known guys that, you know, you get them in the weight room and they're not strong at all. Because it's repetition. They probably haven't bothered. Well, exactly. Like they're not, they're not efficient, whatever yep. the case. When they get you on the ground or on the mats and they got a hold of your gi and you don't know what to do, like, doesn't matter how strong you are at that particular time, you're getting choked out. Yeah. Right? So I think if you can translate, just like you talked about translation of strength based upon the demands of the sport, and then you gaining the technique and having the skill set and the tactical efficiency too as well, because like you said, it is a game of chess. It's not checkers. No, it, it, it would be like if I was coming into wanting to seriously get into fighting, mm -hmm. but then also telling you, I'm not interested in my strength numbers ever dropping. Well, cool. I'll just be bad at both those things. Mm. That's, that's how that's going to work. Yeah, you can't get both. No, you don't get both, man. And so fucking choose one and lean in. Yeah, I get that a lot. Of like, course. Of course. It's the people that... bigger and also I'd, yeah, I'd jump like, higher. I'd like to lose weight, uh, but also get stronger. Like, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Unless yeah. you figured out something those, the rest of the planet think, hasn't. I think, that I think, I think Steffi told me that Dan Green told her there is no skinny champions. No skinny <laughs> champions, dude. I believe that. Yeah, but... I mean, so now though, we have transitioned totally into more of the endurance-based sports. Yeah. Right. But what I know you said it in the beginning, but like, you started running and you're like, man, I just want to, you just want to basically prove to yourself that yeah, you can do it. Yeah, I just want to learn from it. Yeah. And so, like, I'm looking at big picture stuff. So I went out to um, do support for a buddy of mine did a hundred mile race in Arizona a month mm -hmm. ago, mm -hmm. and it was really, really eye opening to be there for it. Um, because, I mean, he's doing a 20-mile loop, our friend Dan. Mm -hmm. And so we only see him every five or seven hours. So we'll leave and go get food. I went to sleep. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> took a, you know, set an alarm and came back, right? Yeah, and so, yeah. you know, he's still running. He's yeah. still running. That's crazy. And so he came in after his third lap at 4.30 in the morning, 5 a.m. Mm. And he's 60 miles in. His furthest run he's ever done prior to this is 34 miles. Wow. So he's big fucking Yo, know, he's way in the deep end. Up, yeah. Right? Yeah. And so we're trying to tune Was there up. anything other than that? Like is it like is there anything in between the hundred miles? Is it fifty miles? Yeah, there is a fifty. 50 there's miles. a fifty, there's a single people did, you know, one lap or whatever it is for a twenty mile. You can they kinda That's open it up for anyone. Okay. Um so he's doing the big boy race. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh you know, being there at five AM and watching that. And then, like, us tuning him up and being support and doing everything we can, like a pit stop, right? Just just all you have to do is run, dude. Yeah. And then he, like, after comes in in 10 minutes after running for 20, you know, 17 hours or something like that, he's been going. You put that headlamp back on and shuffle off into the darkness. <laughs> Yo, I don't know that I have that mental game. 
Yeah, I don't know that I have enough to convince mm -hmm. myself to get back out of that chair. Yeah, and so there's got to be something I can learn from that. Mm -hmm. Of for me, sports-wise, everything has been so fast because mm -hmm. throwing happens like that and then lifting and anything else there's no mm -hmm. time for feedback during the thing the feedback comes immediately after mm -hmm. whereas running I have a lot of time to convince myself to keep doing this mm -hmm. or not to do it right or <laughs> tell myself shut the fuck up yeah. we're, we're going yeah, yeah this yeah. was a decision that's made yeah, yeah and so like I think that's a real valuable skill I could add to me as a human yes is that I can deal yeah. I can endure I'm resilient I can mm -hmm. be more robust mm -hmm. You know I can understand better of where that line is of like can we continue to push or did we break that line yeah and I, I just want to know more about what this thing can do sure yeah. what um what precautions are you taking based upon the knee um so I know that I can't do the training like distance based mm -hmm. whereas normally like if you did something like this you know you just say okay we have an 18 mile run we'll probably need to be able to do 12 or 13 miles if we can do a half marathon at 13, we're good for 18. Mm -hmm. We can, we know that we can finish the next five. Gotcha. May not be pretty, yeah, yeah, yeah. but you know, if I can finish 11 miles and still be like, oh, okay, I can train tomorrow, I can mm -hmm. do 18. Gotcha. Um, but I can't do it all on my feet. It'll beat my knee and hip up too bad. Mm -hmm. So I've got to do it on the bike. Wow. I've got to get a lot of the lungs on the cycling, because cycling doesn't beat me up. Yeah. Um, and so I'm, I'm trying to build the program uh, like time based like mm -hmm. so time and heart rate based okay. so like I need to know for sure prior to going that I've got seven hours of go yeah. at 140 beats a minute mm -hmm. and then I've got to figure out how to fuel it I need to figure out how to keep this thing chilled out yeah. you know and the more that I'm running the more that I can say okay I can feel the knee and hip starting to get pissy yeah. let's walk for the next 15 minutes okay. let's chill them out and then we can yeah, run again yeah, yeah. And just keep chipping away at it that way. I don't have anything set of like we're gonna run the first ten or the big the big strategy right now that I've thought of is you know as I'm learning and we'll see how it gets as I'm closer to it. It may yeah. throw it all at the fucking window. <laughs> but right now it's whenever the mat whenever the start is. Mm -hmm. My plan is I'm gonna walk for the first thirty minutes. Okay. Oh yeah. I'm yeah. starting off walking. Walk? And that way. I Fast don't get too excited. Like fucking yeah, yeah, just, just walk stroke. for the first 30 minutes. Gotcha. You know, I know okay. I can maintain over three miles an hour walking. Yeah. Okay. And so I'm still on pace. Mm -hmm. But this will allow me to fully warm up. Yeah. I don't yeah, get I caught do. up in that big crowd yeah. of people that can run. Yeah. And then I'm trying to do that. You know, I'll burn myself up in the first yeah. 30 and minutes of this thing, and then I'm trashed. <laughs> well, do you think that you are going to, and I don't want to put this in your brain because I know you're stronger than this, but... You think that you like the reason why you're walking too as well is because you don't want to be with the pack because you're gonna to want to run of faster course. than the pack. Yeah, yeah, I'm aware of that trap. I would do the same shit. Yeah, yeah, I'm aware <laughs> that that trap yeah. exists, and yeah. so I have to strategize to be smarter than. 100%. I'll take off with that pack and and kill myself in the first hour, and I then know. I don't have six hours left to I give know. you. I know. So if I'm just smart, fuck these motherfuckers. Right, if I'm <laughs> just smart and I can hold the ego together yeah. for the first thirty minutes to let it spread out. Yeah, give it a minute properly warm up and move a little bit see how you're feeling mm -hmm. and then run yeah it's it's a lot less stress and remember big picture goal not the ego that's trying to show up in that front of a thing to to do what to prove to a bunch of people who a don't have any clue who i am no. or care no, that i can yeah. also run and i yeah. fucking care about their opinion yeah. I'm, not, I'm not taking criticism from someone well, i ain't asking for advice they're gonna look at your big ass and be like yeah 
He's yeah, he's going to walk. Yeah. This, is, this isn't his thing. I'm we'll good, keep man. It going. I'll have poles with me. Let's go. Oh, I love it, man. The poles that the, I yeah, see the old people wear. Dude, I'll have, have it. I'll have one in my bag. I would probably do it too, man. It gives, yeah. At least if I get one, it'll does that give. Really, does that help you? You have four yeah. points of contact with the ground. Like awesome, Even if man. you're taking 10 pounds off. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. Saves the knee. Bro, I was, I was watching. I think, I don't know who I was watching. I was, I was driving. Yeah, and I was driving. But I was watching a guy walk with the sticks, and he was pushing it up the, up the uh, what was it? It was up uh, one of the, one of the bridges mm -hmm. uh, by my house. And man, he was fucking going. He was going. He's probably like maybe sixty something years old, but he was going. Yeah. I was like, but that right there is such like ingenuity. You know what I mean? Yeah, man. It just it spreads it out. So when you start running though, you're in ditching. Uh, uh so they're collapsible. Oh really? Yeah, so they telescope, know, uh, just awesome. like nice hiking poles. Yeah, and then or something somebody like tries that. to. So I'll just throw you. them in my backpack. Yeah, you jump, jump out. Keep fucking yeah. Ninja I keep turtle. a fixed blade knife. <laughs> I keep a fixed blade nice, knife on my man. chest if I'm going to be out in the woods running or awesome. doing any of that. Awesome. I don't know what's out there. Get, get attacked by some cat. Yeah. What's the, so what's the terrain like? <laughs> uh, so it's Bryce Canyon, Utah. So it's mm. in a national park. It's beautiful. It's yeah. like red rock desert. Oh nice. I'll do about four thousand feet of elevation. Wow. And and down. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, so the it, knee, the knee's gonna make sure it it'll be a challenge. Hold up. Yeah. Fucking awesome, man. Yeah, it's gonna, it's shit. gonna be hard. Like I'm not doing Dude. it because I think I can finish it. I, I, yeah. I want to know. Yeah. And also, I don't have enough ego. Well, what's the worst case scenario here? Yeah. I just say I'm done. Fuck. I just go back Let's and go. try again another another time and realize like okay we need to plan better. Yeah. It's a learning thing. Still failures. The, failures. The coach. Yeah. You're doing. You're doing what you want to do. Right. right. It's for me. Yeah. It's for me to learn about me. It's for me to see what I can do. It's for me to 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 change modes and, and like part of that losing weight and then shifting over into some of this stuff after getting out of the Highland Games is like, you know, don't kid yourself, you're going back. Mm -hmm. Take mm -hmm. away some of the tools. Yeah. You're too small to throw far. Don't kid yourself. <laughs> yeah. There's no reason for us to be two hundred and eighty pounds if we're not gonna throw. Yeah. yeah. That was for a reason. Mm -hmm. We don't need any more. Show people that you don't have to get stuck. Yeah. You didn't just play to your strengths. Mm -hmm. So when it when you got the knee surgery, I was I think I was watching a couple of your YouTube videos and you were doing a lot of salt bike running, like intervals, right? Mm -hmm. How was that? Like how was that transition out of surgery and getting you back to where you're at now? The assault bike's just one of the best tools for post knee surgery to stay metabolically mm -hmm. intact. You know, especially because coming out of surgery, there's I know my activity level is going to be so compromised mm -hmm. from how I want to train. Yeah. And so, what can I control? Mm -hmm. I control what I'm putting in my mouth, sure. and then I can control s some activity level. And even for the assault bike, if I can get on it and put my feet on the pegs and not use my legs mm -hmm. and just run the arms, if I can get the heart rate up enough, you know, we're flushing fluid, we're repairing, we're, mm -hmm. we're making the body fire up and yeah. run instead of just stagnant on the couch. Mm -hmm. and, it's still getting a physiological. Yeah, and I don't need a forty-five minute session. Let me yeah. do three five-minute sessions today, mm -hmm. and start there. Yeah. You know, that's that's probably going to do me more good. Yeah, definitely. And so the starting point. Because the assault bike is such a killer tool. Yeah, we use it for the testing. We use it for protocols that we use for fighters. What, what testing do you guys do? Uh, maximum aerobic power testing. Okay. So I'm actually measuring out their their heart rate at a power percentage that is going to be sustainable for two minutes. All right, so and like a, pushing yeah. the heart rate to about right around field two max. Okay. Yeah, and then I'll base the protocols based off of their wattage output at field two or at MAP. Man, I've done I've done some ugly ones. Uh, mine are simpler. Mm -hmm. uh, Fifty calories for time. 
mm-hmm. gets really ugly. I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm that, that's, sure. that's about right at like 50, 60 seconds. Oh, but like, wow. I'm done Just for 45 me. minutes. Yeah. <laughs> like, it'll cost me the rest I, of the day. I, I'd like to put you on, maybe when you come back, um, on the Nears device, the Moxie that we have. Okay. And it's basically going to measure out your SMO2 and total hemoglobin in real time. Oh. So then what we could do, because when's the winter the, race? The run's in May. It's in May. You, we could definitely do it because then I could give you protocols based off of your rate limiting factors and what that's going to tell me is like we obviously know at this point because you're so like you're so explosive sure and you've been explosive all your life you're probably not limited by utilization of oxygen you're probably getting that but a lot of it's probably going to be coming from your ability to deliver oxygen so your cardiac output is going to be the main limiting yeah, factor it makes sense right because yeah. I mean look at I always look at stuff like that like um Marius Pujanowski getting into fighting. Yeah. yeah. Or, or even Hapthor or any of these other gigantic humans. Mm-hmm. At, at some point, yo, man, there's not enough cardio you yeah. can do. This hole in your face is not a big enough air intake. Well, that's another thing because you're also probably limited by your respiratory rate too as well. Taking in oxygen and letting out CO2, which is more mm. important because then you'll end up having an occlusion trend and you'll have that blood flow restriction of the working tissue. Just from it, not even like actually doing occlusion work. Yeah, not, not you're not, actually occluding, you're occluding without having- Physiologically a without. Exactly, wow. and that's why I like a lot of the guys, it's funny because I, if you I had a, recently I had a, a guy, Evan Pike on, works with a lot of CrossFit games guys. Okay. And, um, and so, he explained. He was explaining to me like the reason why a lot of those CrossFit guys are super jacked is because of the constant hypertrophy. They're exactly, and all this. Even if they're doing like wall balls, right? They're doing something that's going to cause like blood to be distributed to the working tissue. So mm-hmm. again, you're getting that that nitric oxide boost. You're getting that occlusion, and that's going to build obviously there. You're gonna yeah, plus the volume swelling. those guys do. Of course, they look jacked. Exactly. Yeah, they're not getting smaller. Yeah, it's one of my fighters. A lot of the guys like Joel Romero and, and like the guys like that. Like you could see like uh, Hector Lombard, bro. The dude does not lift weights. Trust me. I've, right. I've trained him before. He doesn't know how to lift weights. But he's jacked, and he's always staying jacked because he'll wrestle and he'll include there, and that's why he casts yeah, that weight. Yeah, and if genetically his body already wants to be strong. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's you know it's a couple of those guys I remember you know just being around other athletes that naturally gain strength well. Mm-hmm. It's like, what do you think I should do? Eat. Just <laughs> eat, man. The yeah. rest of it will take care of itself yeah, for you. Yeah, I yeah. promise. For sure. <laughs> I always think about that. Like any time I've uh, run into like high school coaches that are. At whatever level they believe they're at, yeah, yeah. you know, you know, there's great high school coaches too. Sure, but don't yeah, get me wrong. Definitely. But the biggest benefit for high school coaches is that most of your athletes are are, are 14 mm-hmm. to 18. Mm-hmm. They're going to double their bench in that no time span what? just being alive. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> I just need 100%. you to not fuck them up, man. man. Like, got, this is so funny, man, because I have my, you know, I've got my coaches now, and right, right, and I'm, and I'm, you know, mentoring them and everything, and we got the high school kids in here, and these high school kids are good. Like, yeah. they're, they're like super 11, which is like the top. Which is would that be all county, all state, yeah. right? And these, one kid's going to the university here in Florida Atlantic, and like they're like, well, what should we do? And I'm like, man, just have them lift weights. Like they're gonna get strong. Like just make sure that they are. If if you take talented. a 14 year old male and train him till he's 18, huh? and he got weaker. Oh, I'd be more impressed. <laughs> That's a fucking real skill. <laughs> yeah, you need to be somewhere yeah, I, I else. I just need you one. to not fuck this up. Yeah. Don't get in the way, man. It's exactly. Like, just, it's funny. That sounds like our meeting today. Yeah, that, that's a lot <laughs> of what it is, up, right? Man. Especially with some athletes that we both know that, like, 
you you as a coach have to keep it on the rails. Yeah. You know, I wonder, like you were saying, like Poirier being a fighter, right? Yeah. How much strategy going into something like a fight with, with McGregor where you mm. know McGregor's part of the game plan is to get you riled up and make you fight him? Yeah, it wasn't to that degree because we knew that that you know that it's obvious. Well, it wasn't going to happen in this fight because okay. we kind of knew where Connor was in his life. You know, right now, as you can see, yeah, he wasn't yeah. trying to do that. And plus, he respects Dustin to that uh, okay. degree. So we and Dustin already knew that they've had conversations. So they didn't do the whole. No, none of that was good. really. And honestly, Dustin wouldn't even be phased by that at this point in his career. Now you're looking at about ten years ago, maybe, or you know, seven or years ago, whenever they fought. It's different. Like yeah. he's a young kid, you know. Um, and trying to make a point. Yeah, and he's like, who's this kid that's coming in here? That was the issue in the beginning. Now, he could care less, and that actually helped him out a lot in this fight because he had fun in the fight as opposed to trying to just take his head off in the first 10 seconds. What a cool moment, like, when you're in a competition and, like, in the thing, Mm -hmm. and you realize you're enjoying it. Oh, man. It's It's the best. Like, you shouldn't be. You should be so dialed in, but that flow state kicks in, right? And and it's just moving, and there's... When when throwing is good... Mm -hmm. And, and flow state happens and like technique is dialed in the only thing you think about on those days is go faster yeah and it just works mm-hmm. it's the best feeling ever you just feel it all line up and smash it mm-hmm. but when it's bad <laughs> it's the fucking worst yeah, I'm sure. because it doesn't weigh anything and yeah. so it just comes out of your hand and you feel like you didn't even get to try oh uh, yeah that's You're like, <laughs> 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 just nothing happens. And it's funny because, like, when you get a knockout, like, it's effortless. Of course. And you just kind of go through somebody and then just, like, they're on the floor. You know what I mean? It's, so, like, with a big knockout, right? It, I'm sure that there's got to be just no better feeling in the world than housing someone like that. Yeah, it's, it's awesome. But <laughs> when it happens in the first... 30 seconds of a fight or something mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. Is there part of you that's like, oh, I spent nine weeks getting ready for this motherfucker. <laughs> like, I was expecting to go. That's funny. Yeah, it's a good question because sometimes I've I've had fighters that were like, damn, I wish I could showcase more. That's that's what I mean. Like, yeah, yeah I put in all this work to showcase this thing, and mm-hmm. now i got to at least do another camp. But here's the thing, though. And then there's an other side of that where it's like you took no damage. For sure. You got your win, and you got your money, and possibly a bonus. And now you get the opportunity to fight in like three weeks again. Oh, that's true. So you can move into a fight pretty quick then because you didn't get beat up. Yeah, and then you just transition. And and your weight's good. Everything's good. Okay, so you don't need a full camp. No, no. We got guys. I got a guy right now, Bilal Muhammad, who just won. He he fought all three rounds, but he didn't take a lot of damage. Okay. And now he's turning around and fighting on the main event in two weeks. Wow. You know? I just never, I guess I never thought that, that you could turn over that quick, that you would need. I mean, how many fights does a top guy have in a year, or does it depend on the damage? It definitely depends on the damage if he's got rocked. Um, but give or take at the UFC level, you're looking at maybe two or three a two year. Two or three, right. Yeah, and that's being really, that's being active. A lot of guys like Cowboy used to do like almost like five or six. You <sighs> know, maniac. Yeah, that dude's crazy. And then like, but like you know, with the guys that are highly paid, they don't have to. They don't have to fight as much. Right. So like you know, Connor fight one one time a year and he's good. You know, yeah, at this need, point. He need but he that. needs to be active because you see what happened. So like he's gonna fight again. Hopefully we'll get a we'll get a shot. Man, watching can't say anything. Watching watching that fight, I love it, right? And man, there's like watching Connor's thing and like you know the the training for it where he's on those stairs in mm-hmm. I'm not sure what country they're in. Yeah. 
doing these beautiful stair runs and like his whole team is in oh. matching jumpsuits and yeah, everything they were, like they were but all of that's real cool mm-hmm. as long as you win yeah otherwise that whole matching jumpsuit thing feels real <laughs> fucking weird man it was the same thing when he was doing like the movements like with the yeah with the the, the oh, fucking Ido Portal, Ido Portal guy yeah. no but you know what you know what I didn't like about that was you know in, in MMA some of MMA fans are, are kind of cruel in that way it's like he was doing that and he was winning and then when he lost it was all on that you know and it's like you gotta find out, and I get that too, man. It's like when when Dustin well, he lost, been, like, oh, when Dustin dude. lost to Khabib, I was like, why was he doing this? Why was he doing that? And they don't know anything about the the camp or anything. But now he win against Connor, and now it's like everything we do is it goes back to that. I don't take criticism from people. I don't ask for advice. Exactly. Yeah. I'm not losing any sleep. No. Over what any of these definitely. people think about my day. <laughs> for sure. Well, then they don't live in your shoes. They don't do what you're no. doing in, in everyday life with you. So. And that's most people. And, and right. A bunch of a bunch of do nothing motherfuckers gonna sit there and tell yeah. me how the armchair of this fight never been in a fight before. Mm-hmm. Right. Oh, man. It's like you know, I've I think bounced in a bunch worse. of bars. Yeah. And by no fucking means am I a fighter. <laughs> <laughs> I can knock somebody out, but uh, I, yeah. But not someone who knows how to defend themselves. Yeah, it's a bunch of drunk yeah, idiots. They're yeah. they don't fight well. Yeah, that's the problem with fighting, man, is that people can like you ain't gonna I mean you do it people do it sometimes with football, but that's like stupid, but like in any other sport really, like you know you know, a lot of people aren't gonna critique somebody on like curling. Right. Or, or bobsledding. Like fuck like you don't know how to do that shit. But everybody feels like they can fight. Or like they feel like they have. Well, they've seen an action movie. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which or, is what most or, people think yeah, they're gonna do or, when or it they happens. Got in a like, middle school fight when they were like, you know, gonna do shit. So it's 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 funny because it's primal, you know, in a sense, and and that's where like, you know, it's it's hard for me being close to the sport, me being close to these guys, and then I can't even go to a bar and watch a fight, man. Like that's hard for me. You know? Oh, I bet. It's, it's just because of the crowd. Yeah, like, and sometimes I have to because maybe I'm I'm traveling or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm just like, man. And then they're talking about my friends. You know what I'm saying? They're talking about That's people tough, that right? are close to me. It, I mean, at some point, though, you got to be able to go like that. They don't fucking know. No, no. I, do, I, I don't let it get to me right, like that. I'm like, fuck you, man. Like, yeah. no, I just like, I just did the shake the head, roll the eyes type well, deal. The people, so one of the concepts I've been kind of thinking about, right, is uh, this idea that magic doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. But people love the idea of magic. <laughs> Because it, it's easier to explain yeah. than the reality. Yeah. And so the example I use of this is uh, the movie Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Mm-hmm. There's a scene in it where Paul Rudd's sitting on the beach and uh, is getting ready to teach surfing lessons. And so yeah, Jason yeah, Segal yeah. asks him yeah. to do surfing. Yeah. And he basically says, he's like, uh, you know, sees him and he's like, yeah, you got a lot of sadness in your eyes. And Jason Segal's like, oh, yeah. And he says, uh, he's like, you know what's really great for that? And he's like, what? And he's like, weed? Yeah. He's like, do you have any? And he goes, no. Yeah. And he says, well, then let's go surfing. <laughs> like, this is the next best thing we can do. Yeah. And, like, the, the line is delivered perfectly in all this, and it's really easy to look at something like that and be like, God damn, Paul Rudd's incredible. Yeah. Paul Rudd's magic. Uh-huh. But the truth is, that's a script writer, it's an editor, it's a location scout, it's mm-hmm. wardrobe, it's lighting, it's editing, mm-hmm. it's whoever, it's Paul Rudd's ability to say that line probably five times. Yeah. And still make it work. Mm. And it didn't get mechanical. It's Jason Segel. You know, it's all of these factors. Sure. And what you want to write off as magic, mm. because you don't understand the process, mm. is 20 fucking people who give a shit. Mm. It's not magic. Yeah. You know, it's the same thing I think, you know, people want to look at someone like Hapthor and say, well, if I took gear, mm-hmm. 
fuck you. <laughs> that ain't the difference. Yeah, no. You'd sit. You'd still be still on your fucking really couch good. sitting there doing nothing. Yeah, it ain't magic. Yeah. It's hard work yeah. done forever. Mm-hmm. You know, getting stronger. Anyone who asked me that, like, oh, what do you think about getting stronger? It's really simple. Bench squat, overhead, and deadlift, moderately heavy for the next 10 years. Mm-hmm. It'll take care of itself. Yeah. Can't even fuck it up. Yeah. <laughs> if you're not willing to do that, yeah. then we're not going to get strong. Gotcha. You know? Sure. So it, it, there's no magic to it, right? Yeah. Like, you know, what anyone thinks is magic, mm-hmm. you know, it's work. Yeah. Done for a long time. No, no. I think people neglect the fact that it's not. There's not a pill that you could take. Or, or even even to coaches, right? You know that, you know, someone ends up getting an athlete that becomes a high profile guy, and they think that's what made that coach. Oh yeah. Nah, man. Of course. You don't get it. No. It's a whole gym full of people. You know, there's <sighs> decades of it. There's. It's funny because now, and you've probably gotten it too. Like you've been fucking competing for your entire life. And now it's like, oh, I finally got the recognition out Yeah, the overnight thing, right? Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> you weren't there when I was fucking grinding in the gym at yeah, fucking you, you 5 a.m. You were there for the 10 years I was throwing in a parking lot by myself. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. It's, it's cool, man. Yeah, <laughs> have fun. I Thank know you. what it takes to be great. Yeah. And so I respect greatness. For sure. Because no one gets it easy. 100%. No, nah, man, there's no one who gets to the top who didn't who didn't earn it. Mm. Oh, yeah, it's... it's it's not like a coincidence that no. there's success there. And now, man, I just love high performers. Mm. I just want to see. Want to be around them. I want to see what's the coolest shit humans are capable of. Oh yeah, yeah. That's. I mean, that's part of the reason why, like, we do shit like a podcast. Yeah. I get to be around people I'm like talk yourself. To people like that, like even on the endurance side of stuff, like yeah. stuff I'm learning. There's a there's a girl, uh, uh, Courtney Dolwalter, mm-hmm. and she's an ultra runner, and she she's done these two pretty gnarly. So she won. A 240 at Moab. So it's a 240-mile race for time. Mm-hmm. She slept for 10 minutes. So she ran for two days and six hours. Mm-hmm. And then she finished 11 hours ahead of number two. Oh, wow. She got to, like, go sleep and come back <laughs> before number two shows up, right? That's like, crazy. she's talking about that race on Rogan. And she's like, yeah, there was a point where my hearing and vision went. Yeah. It just went away. She's like, it kind of just got to this pinpoint where I could keep an eye on the trail. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what pushing to that level is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and so, like, yo, that's a different level of performance that I'm not quite sure of, but I'd love to hear about it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love that that fact. Like, I love strength sports. Don't get me yeah. wrong. Like, that's that's awesome, and, and you rev up, and, I, and I've obviously piled up. I've done, like, 10 meets. You know sure, I mean? sure. And it, but, but there was a few fights that I could, like, tell you that I've had that I was like, I may die. You know what I mean? Right. And there where I was like, okay, well, I can push past anything now at this point. And I'm like, fucking. It's a different unlock, right? It's it's different. And that, that, that to me is what I'm hoping to get from some of the endurance training. It's like essentially for now, for the rest of my, my go, Mm -hmm. whatever it is that I've got time left. Mm -hmm. How many different things can I steal all the beginner gains from? Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and like as soon as the potential starts to max out and it yeah. gets really tough like no, cool we'll move on <laughs> I've become proficient in this and that's what I'm hoping for yeah. like I'm not trying mastery of a second thing most likely yeah. I would love to become proficient in a ton of things true yeah, yeah. You know, I think like, that's why I jumped into powerlifting too a little bit like I was like man I want to learn how to fucking lift weights real well that because that gives you such an advantage yeah. with athletes right yeah. that it, especially with fighters that if you can make 
their deadlift more efficient and mm -hmm. make their squat more efficient, that it's less risk of injury sure. to get more weight on them, yeah. we can accomplish more in a shorter amount of time. Mm -hmm. What have, and, and the best way for you to do that is like, I'm going to dive in. Exactly. I'll find the exactly. fire. Bro, I fucking did a bodybuilding show. <laughs> okay. That's so far out of one of the things I'm interested in. <laughs> Bro, when you're talking about, well, if you look at it, right, and I just did a, a, a YouTube video on it. And when I was done fighting, I retired from the sport and I was like 175 pounds. Sure. You know, I was fighting at 155 or I cut to 155. But at, in high school and in college, I was playing football at like 205. Okay. So I lost a lot of muscle, like, you know, to, to just get down in the weight class. And at the end of my career, I was kind of like, man, I want to get, I want to build my body up again. You know what I mean? But the only way I knew that I was going to do that without getting sidetracked was to go all in. I, right? I get it. This is why I signed up for an 18 mile race. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to do this on my own without. Exactly. You're not gonna fucking run I need that many miles for no reason. I need <laughs> I need a thing that I'm showing up to prepared or not. Yeah. And if I'm not prepared, then I'm embarrassed. Mm -hmm. And I'll That's have it. to suck that up and deal with it. Exactly. You know, yeah. but Are you damn. do you believe in like stating your goals and your vision? Oh yeah. So man. people can understand. Well, not so people can understand. Mm. I think it's valuable putting it into the universe. Well, that's what I mean. Yeah, 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 yeah. Whether or not holding yourself people, accountable. Yeah. Based off of okay, this is what I'm doing. I'm stating this. Now I have to do it because well, I'm a man of my word. Well, not only that, mm -hmm. but I also think it manifesting and having opportunity, yeah. getting it put into the universe. And it, man, I've noticed for me just you know trying to get better at listening to the vibe mm -hmm. of, of what the universe is kind of interested in helping me do versus just me putting the head down and saying, I'm going this direction and I'll yeah. fight through whatever the bullshit is to get to it. <laughs> yeah. Like there's, there's a better path. Sure. You can listen a little bit more and have a lot less resistance. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, putting stuff out into the universe is good. The other part about that, once you kind of start doing it, is you realize you have to be careful about what you put into the universe because it'll show up. Oh, yeah. yeah sure. <laughs> and so, Plenty of you know, and I think, I think intention is a lot more important than expectations. And so I don't have any expectations of my run. Mm -hmm. My intention are is I want to go out and do this thing mm -hmm. and finish it. Mm -hmm. that's it. Well, that's your expectation. In, in, well, in the expectation way. for me would say I'm going to finish an X amount of time and I'm expecting I'll hold this pace and I'm gotcha, expecting gotcha. I'll do this. The, goal, yeah. the expectation for me is if you and I were going to drive from here to New York, mm -hmm. I'm telling you where every stop's going to be, I'm expecting these milestones to be at X. Mm -hmm. Whereas instead of like, let's just go. Mm -hmm. And then the trip can be what it needs to be and have a little bit more freedom to flow mm -hmm. because I'm not trying to win a world championship. Mm -hmm. If I need to win a world championship, I know the path that's got to be set for that, but that isn't what I need to apply to this. Yeah. I don't need full obsession. I don't need it to take over my life. Sure. At this but, point, at this point, <laughs> yeah, at this point in your life, do you feel like that's how you live your life at this point? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I know, like, yeah. you know, and it's kind of a, being honest with myself because I've, I've caught it before that if there's things that I'm half ass on I don't care enough oh yeah I may as well have just skipped it mm. and, and just been honest with myself to say why are we bothering this you don't care that much yeah and that's kind of been one of the the taglines that's gone with our brand is it's fuck yes or no man yeah I was just gonna say that's, that that's it say that. it's, it's either a fuck yes, yes or no. it's a no yeah exactly because you say these lukewarm yeses to a bunch of stuff. A, I don't care enough to give it 100%. Yeah. So it's not going to succeed. Yeah. 
I'm not smart enough for half-assed attempts to work well. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have it. No, sure. So if it's going to work for me, yeah. it's got to be full obsession. Yeah. And if it's full obsession, I love it, mm -hmm. which makes it fun for me to do that work. Yeah. But I don't want to get so bogged down in three or four things that I'm half-assing, yeah. and then I have to say no to a thing that I would love. True. I'd rather keep the options open and then wait, wait for the fuck yes. No, that's and that's a gut feeling. You know, if if I have to, like, if we have a thing or a drop or any of that, and, like, I look at it, and I'm like, hey, Brent, what do you think about this? Mm. If I needed to ask that question, it's a no. Gotcha. Move yeah. on. Yeah. Let's uh, talk a little bit about that, because you have pretty, I mean, you have successful businesses right now. Like, yeah. Doing all this other stuff, but you are a successful businessman, too. Yeah, so, so Hate Brand is... Um, the apparel company we've been doing that since october of uh 2014 nice. i've uh, written a few books nice. uh typically everything i've written right now is training based you know mm -hmm. the training manual for the highland games one nice. for the throwing section of it and then i did a general strength version of how i trained gotcha. um I'm working on another book now that's more of the story of this with the knee and kind of everything i was willing to try to figure out pain yeah um so i have that i've got a coffee company uh, habit Coffee's amazing, by Thanks, the way. Man. Thanks, I'm proud of it. Like that was, I, and you and you laced me up too, bro. Yeah, like, man, it's fucking good. boxes, bro. Like I was like, hey, we got coffee. My wife, like, we're good, we're good. Look, I know enough maniacs. I understand how things get. Caffeine's important. <laughs> we, we, we need some. This go. is like the the second one. Oh, dude, I, I got a coffee. You know, oh, yeah. I think I had two coffees this morning. I just basically stack caffeine and anxiety until the two p.m. <laughs> Caffeine and anxiety until 2 p.m. That's how we and then, flow through life. Yeah, yeah. And then it's like, ah, oh, switch to weed, cool it back up, and go to sleep. Uppers and downers. Like elevator ride. Yeah, yeah. No, I hear you. I hear you. So, all right, coffee. Coffee. Merch. Uh, yep. Right, I have a podcast, which is uh, Umso. Mm. And I uh, just got What made you come up with that name? It's, it's my stutter. Uh, it's like when I'm talking um, to so, people, it's like, um, so. And so I was like, we're just naming it that. <laughs> you were running with I was like, what's that stand now, for? People, like, people always think it's an acronym, but yeah, no, yeah, it's yeah. literally like, um, so. Uh, that's fucking funny. Uh, yeah, if I was smarter, all my things would be named the same. But, but apparently I don't do that either. Yeah, man. Even, even the gym space we're building isn't named anything smart. Really? Like, no, it's, it's the name of the gym is, uh, is dope. And so, uh, D O P E. Yeah, D O P E. And so, uh, it's it's an acronym for Division of Performance Enhancement. Is it really? Yeah. So oh, I got a, I just cool. got in this big, ten foot wide by four foot tall neon sign that's in like bright pink <laughs> that says dope, and under it says Division of Performance oh, Enhancement. Oh, fucking so, awesome, man! Like that's that's what that space is. Yeah. Like I wanted to build a space that I felt creative in, and this was a space that me and my team could get better at whatever we feel like getting better at. Yeah. Like if Bonnie wants to train for a thing, let's get equipment. Mm -hmm. Let's get better at it. Here's the place. Yeah. And so I also need a creative space. I want a place to kind of figure some stuff out. Like yeah. even this morning while I was out on the run, like I put together a future drop. Like I'm like, that's ah, a design I'd like to make and, mm -hmm. and, and what I'd like to do with it. And it was mm -hmm. really cool that I get it when I'm doing things. And so I got to do. What made you like get into the merch, like the, the apparel line and everything? Uh, so in the book, I wrote the books first. Mm -hmm. um, and so one of the things I wrote about in the book was, hey, yeah, that just this personal philosophy of kind of training that self-motivation through self-loathing. Mm -hmm. You know, enough to be like, hold yourself accountable. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't need a coach to tell me this wasn't good enough or any of that type of shit. Like, yo, it's for me. Yeah. I do this because it matters to me. Mm -hmm. And if it matters to me, why would I wait for someone else to tell me I should? Yeah. Just get to do it. Yeah. And uh, you know, I looked at athletes, 
you know, growing up like a like Jerry Rice, this you know, Pro Bowl or the best he's ever been, still up at four AM in like the last years of his things, outrunning routes and trying to get better. Yeah. And if if he's that guy, if he gets in the, in the mirror and like wakes up in the morning, looks in the mirror and says, We gotta do better, yeah. he hates himself more than I do. <laughs> and like maybe learn a little bit of that. Like hold yeah. yourself accountable because ain't no one handing it to you. Yeah. And so that's that's where it stemmed and so uh that was like 20, uh, 2012, I wrote the book, 2011. Mm-hmm. And then 2014, we started apparel, and uh, the guy who does all my printing, Phil, and handles my warehouse and does fulfillment, hit me up, and he's like, have you ever thought about selling shirts? And I'm like, no, <laughs> I have no interest in doing that because I don't have time. I don't. I had a real job at the time, still doing outside sales, oh, all yeah. in the gas industry. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was like, I don't, I don't have time to go to the post office once a week to sell 30, 10 shirts, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and he's like, well, I can do all that part for you. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, well now, that's interesting. <laughs> and so, I, you know, basically I just have to do the design work and come up with concepts and then market it, nice. that's, which that's I like. Thing. Yeah, that's your thing. Uh, and so he, we started doing that in October of 14. We printed a, sh- we, we came up with a design and then uh, did a pre-sale for two weeks and sold maybe a hundred shirts. Yeah. And then I took the profit and made more shirts. Yeah. And we have inventory. Yeah, and yeah. that's just continued to roll yeah. from there oh, to now seven years in and you know, doing a couple nice, million man. bucks worth of shirts. Yeah, it's fucking awesome, bro. So it's, it's, it's cool, man. It's, it's been really, really cool. And lucky enough to have so many rad people, too, that, that do the same thing. Yeah. That yeah. aren't scarcity-minded people. That yeah. we can all share oh, yeah. information and, and all that. That yeah. scarcity mindset is just so exhausting. No, for sure. And we're not sharing success or happiness, man. There's plenty of it. <laughs> yeah, 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 we can all have it. We can yeah, all yeah. rising tide raises all ships. That's it, man. That's it. All right, so we're gonna get to training, do some stuff, do some videos. Tell them where they can find you, yep. and then and then also website, everything. Yeah, else yeah, yeah. Business. So apparel stuff, apparel stuff you can find over on uh, thehate.com. It's spelled H V I I I, like uh, H with a Roman numeral eight for hate. I'm really glad I didn't spell it H-A-T-E. It would have been a probably rough 2020. <laughs> glad I don't have to spend all 2020 explaining oh, man. what uh, it means. Yeah, that was a good move. You, yeah, you this worked out. I mean, on that at one. the same time, I have a brand that most people can't pronounce, so I guess whatever. <laughs> yeah. uh, um, so you can find me there. Habit Coffee is yournewhabit.com. I'm so podcast, and then Instagram's I hate Matt Vincent. Nice, man. Well, we're going to get out of here. Matt, thanks again, bro. Dude, thank good you, man. man. I love good this. Man. All right, catch you next time.